Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tara. Greetings, citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Every week we get together, we've watched the movie, we talk about it. It's really quite that simple. And this week's film is Wally, the Pixar film from 2008, which was the winner of a vote every month on patreon.com slash TV. Our $5 and up patrons get to vote between four films. We had an animated theme. Uh, for this batch, and Wally was the victor. Narrowly, it was almost Transformers the movie. <laughs> but, I don't even know how that made the list. But Wally, well, because it turned out when we decided to do four animated sci fi films, there wasn't that many options that were worth putting on there. There had to have been another one. Okay, but keep I don't in mind. Ma- yeah, but keep in mind that both of us don't want anime. <laughs> well, okay, so it would have been Wally. Uh, was the other? Iron Giant, Iron Giant, Treasure Planet, and Titan AE. Those should have been the four. <laughs> well, you didn't offer those up when we were picking them. I'm last sure time. I did. I, mm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, because those three are all solid picks. <laughs> Wally is the victor, regardless, and we're going to talk about it. We'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you warning before we go into spoilers. Wally, of course, is the story of the last robot on Earth on a, you know, very post-apocalyptic, maybe not quite the, the right phrase, but essentially, it's yep. an Earth that's been evacuated by humans, and Wally is the last little trash compactor robot that is left, who has developed a bit of a personality, and he's all alone until one day a sophisticated, at least as far as Wally's concerned, sexy robot <laughs> from a lady robot from space. <laughs> appears and all of a sudden he sees his opportunity to finally not be alone anymore uh eve being the uh the lady robot in question so that is the the general premise and it's funny because i feel like where the plot goes after the 30 or so minute mark it's kind of a lot of the movie but i feel like it is kind of spoilery to just start dive into all that because it's all mm-hmm. you know after the premise so uh but we'll get to it so I guess I shall start with the question that I always start with. Tara, how did you feel about Wally? I have so many feelings. All of them good. Oh. All of them. Yes. I love this movie. Hmm. I mean, it's really surprising how emotional I get while watching the film. It really just hits me. It's great. Okay. Okay. Uh... (laughs) I suppose this is the juncture where I reveal how I feel about the film, uh, which for, for whatever reason I've had I've had good fun not letting Tara have any kind of inkling as to how I feel about Wally. I know you don't like animated movies, so I think it's funny. <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know how anybody can not like this film though. So go ahead. Okay, I like plenty of animated films. For the record, I just does this. Yeah, you did add Iron Giant and Transformers to the list. How did Iron Giant? Don't, 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 don't blame Transformers on me. There's no way I picked Transformers. <laughs> we looked through the most popular science fiction animated films, and it was there. It was the obvious next choice. How do you feel about Wally? <laughs> Wally is very good, okay? Okay. That's <laughs> what from me. Um, it's got a lot of heart. Um, I will say, I do think I like the first like 30 minutes more than I do the rest. Um, I think I love it when it is just silent and it is just, you know, this visual story that's being told. 
Um, yeah. But then, you know, it has to go other places, obviously, because we can't just necessarily... Well, I mean, I kind of wish there was just 90 minutes of that, but, <laughs> but we I, have I think to go the, elsewhere. I think, I mean, I I would agree, like, the first half is... very Or not first half, but, like, first 30 minutes, where it is basically a silent film, is very fun and very impressive. Um, the fact that they made a, chi- a child's movie with no dialogue for the first, like, 30 to 40 minutes of the movie. But I think the second half is more important than the first part so like i do like where it goes a lot no i mean the, the second half as far as the podcast goes as far as like a science fiction podcast where we talk about science fiction ideas and what they mean and what the message mm-hmm. of the film is yeah the second half is definitely the more important half because the second half is the one that introduces a lot of its themes a lot of what's going on i mean they're kind of there in the first half but the second half is what really brings them all i home. think if it's i think if you made a movie just out of the first part of it you could still have all those same same themes, but it wouldn't be a kids' movie anymore. It would be more for adults. It'd be more subtle, yeah. It'd be more sort of like implications and like implied mm-hmm. things in the background. And... Just because we know humans aren't there anymore on this earth, so we can kind of infer what happened and the mistakes that we made. Yeah. But I, I think the second part, like, that's the part that you need for the kids, and it is still fun. Like, it still continues its whimsy, and oh yeah, you know, we get a lot of great visuals. It becomes a lot more adventurous because it's obviously it's not an adventure mm-hmm. story in the first thirty minutes. It's not until after things change a little bit that it, go, it goes a bit more full. Like, oh, the like Wally's actually in danger. Bad things may happen to him, mm-hmm. and these other things are going on. And oh, oh, you know, there's a lot of back and forth there. Uh, but of course, at his core, we've got the, the the love story between the two robots. Yeah, the first the first thirty minutes is just a love story, and uh, it's very good. <laughs> and the visuals, I think. Do I think it is? Do I? I think the main reason why I like the first thirty minutes more than the rest. Is I think the visuals of the first thirty minutes, the desolate cities, mm-hmm. uh, all all those visuals, the skyscrapers look, of trash. Yeah, they look phenomenal. And then don't get me wrong, like the stuff in this, obviously some stuff in space is is quite pretty too. But there's a lot oh, of yeah, stuff in the second half that's in a lot of more like, I would say hallways, but <laughs> like a bit more just you know okay, it looks a bit more like a normal animated movie now as opposed to like. Some of that stuff in the first 30 minutes, which really holds up, by the way, I know it's 12 years old now, but it really holds up. It looks like a painting at times. I know, and you got to watch it in, like, 4K. 4K, I'm so jealous. HDR. <laughs> uh, I was actually blinded at one point. There's a scene where he's in, because he's got, like, a little, like, a truck or whatever he lives in, right, with all his stuff. And there's a scene where he's, like, watching the TV. It's a really dark scene. And it cut to, like, the next day, and I was almost blinded by how bright. I was like, oh, my God, my eyes. Damn you. <laughs> damn you editor how dare you <laughs> i'm sure i felt that way in the theater also yeah. build up build up to the brightness please let my eyes adjust gradually <laughs> you pricks <laughs> but no it was it was stunning it was good uh so uh but no, the film is very good like, i you know I, I like to poke fun because tara came in all like this is a masterpiece guns blazing and i like to you know i mean if anyone uh remembers our episode that we did on that stupid one uh meet the robinsons that's what it was called um where you know i thought you were talking about inception (laughs) oh look at us trying to throw some shade back (laughs) look at that i respect it i respect it thank you it's like i see a curb enthusiasm where larry david gets really mad at people try to like chat and cut and the woman he pulls up for it then starts talking to him as a way to then cut by talking to him and he just goes, you know what? I'm letting you do this because I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the visuals. The visuals are obviously a big part of it because so much of it is is silent as far as dialogue goes. But there is 
music there is obviously sound design yeah i mean i heard that the or i heard i read on the trivia that the animators and production team all had to watch they watched every charlie chaplin and buster keaton short and film like during their oh. lunch breaks or whatever so that they could and it really feels like it like the the antics that wally gets where he like kicks a pipe and then the whole like thing of pipes falls on him that's a very buster keaton thing mm -hmm. yeah a lot of yeah, visual it really humor. Pays off, I think there's a lot of good humor in it. A lot of visual humor. It kind of does a good, a good job of like setting up like how he feels, what the story is, how he feels about Eve. Then Eve's like, like you know, it's it's classic storytelling. You 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 spend ten minutes introducing your character and what his life is like, who he is, and mm -hmm. then you introduce this new element that's going to change everything. It's, it's, I mean, you know, and in storytelling terms, is the inciting incident. Eve's arrival is the inciting incident of the story, and everything develops from there. Um, and if you've never heard that before, it's basically just like in any movie, it's like you always have to introduce your main character. And so, oh, don't about, some stories will shake things up by trying to like do it in different ways. But for the most part, right, you introduce your rest or something. Yeah. But for the most part, you start with the introduction to your character or characters if it's like more of an ensemble. And then something will happen, which then the entire story starts because of that thing. Uh, mm -hmm. In this case, it's Eve's arrival, uh, is the insane incident. Um, so. No, no, it's gorgeous and it holds up, and it's why because why these things, bro. I think when you go back and watch the first Toy Story, which is a great movie, right? The first Toy mm -hmm. Story is a great movie, but when you go back and watch it, it's nineteen ninety five CGI. You're like, you know what? I can tell that we've gotten a lot better since then. It's a lot more simple yeah, looking. Everything's a very like uh, vinyl looking. Yeah, I mean they're toys, but like the humans are also looks like very vinyl. I don't know. Glossy's the wrong term, but yeah, you you can tell we've come a lot of way a long way but it still looks good like toy story looks good oh yeah and it's it a fun movie bad. to watch and yeah. like this i guess cinematography is the right word I th um yeah I, I think the way i'd put it is that with toy story to where would i say the turning point is it's, it's kind of weird because i think by the time you get to the mid 2000s and they've done like finding nemo incredibles they're kind of at that point where they reached this kind of plateau, and it's not that they've not advanced since then, because I just watched Coco recently, and that's got a lot of like leaves floating oh, yeah. about, and there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on. But even though I think, technically speaking, Coco is more advanced than Wally in terms of the, what's, you know, from a technological standpoint happening on screen, I don't think when I was watching Wally, I felt any sort of like, oh, this feels old, because it's right. at a point where the art style feels like everything is adding itself to the art style. So instead of feeling like, you know, when you watch a movie, like a regular movie that is not an animated one, Typically speaking, unless it's kind of poor or for some reason, what you're looking at is, okay, does this, the way this is shot lend to a feeling that the creators are trying to create? And when I'm watching Wally here, I'm not saying, oh, this is technologically inferior to Coco. I'm saying, no, they're achieving this painting quality of mm -hmm. like the still cityscape and Wally roaming through it on his own, the ultra bright, harsh light, feeling like the planet's kind of desolate and alone and empty and, and kind of sad and... Yeah. It's, like it's, it's creating everything it needs to feel and that's where i'm saying that it kind of they, they hit this kind of plateau where it feels like they're achieving their artistic vision without any compromise from this point on now maybe technically behind the scenes that's not true maybe there was things they had to compromise but at least from the finished product i don't feel that way whereas when i watched toy story one don't get me wrong great movie it does everything it needs to do but from a right. visual point of view i'm watching it and going oh i can see like they probably would have liked this to be a bit more intricate looking or you know this looks a bit plasticky or Whatever. I mean, even the jump between Toy Story one and two is pretty, mm. like, substantial, in quality. Yeah. For sure. Um, 
I mean, it's hell, it's what, Windows 95 to Windows 98? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, of... I, I agree. Like, um, there's no time in WALL-E where you think the visuals are suffering because the technology of 15 years ago, or not 15 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah. But, I, but there are still moments, like Coco is one of them. Uh, actually, the one of the big ones for me was the good dinosaur, which if you look at the poster, you're, you're going to think like, really that one like it's just a very cartoonish looking dinosaur but the at the like environment in that movie was like okay we're at the next level now of of computer technology like everything looked so realistic yeah except for the dinosaur but that was on purpose like that was just the art style yeah yeah if anything it's only i mean i don't think it's so much about to say there is some human characters eventually I do mm-hmm. think that once the human characters are the ones that stick out, and this is maybe the one thing that feels a bit dated from a technology standpoint. And I know they're meant to look a bit cartoony. If Joe, it probably hurts it. It's because, and I get, you know, I, I appreciate the creative choice here, but mm-hmm. I think using live action footage for the humans from the past on the videos does yeah. make it feel extra cartoony because I'm seeing humans. I mean, honestly, obviously, we all remember what humans look like. It's not like we forget what humans look like when we sit down and watch an animated movie, but but I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, what's his face, yeah. uh, uh, Fred Willard. I just passed away. I know. Me. Well, it's really nice to see him again on screen. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know he passed away. I looked him up and went, "Oh, I just passed away this year." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it was me. Um. So, uh, yeah. So, seeing him, uh, you got Jeff Garland's the voice in here as well. Uh, you know, I'm not used to him not dropping f bombs and yelling at Larry for various <laughs> things. Um. I know. He's he's a good he's a good choice though for for voice. There's something about him, like even in Curb, that's super likable he kind of has that that john goodman quality in his voice which is sure yeah which is very which is i think why disney uses him a lot also to voice characters yeah i don't think they actually had to get someone who physically was close to the description of the character but hey they did no. so uh, yeah i mean jeff garland's not a small man he's not quite as big as the oh sure yeah the he's people not. depicted in the movie the people in the movie are like they look like babies <laughs> Which I think is the point, also. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into all that. Cuddled, you know, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all that. I don't want to go too much into it, but the yeah. yeah so, but I, I, I like the choice of having the like live action humans at the beginning. Like, remember, like this is still our world, and we can have a disconnect because the humans that we see later on maybe don't look as realistic, but and. You know, when they show the live action humans, it's still behind some type of filter or screen, uh, like it's being projected onto something. So it's there's still a little bit of computer animation it mixed in there. So it's not like a super sharp image of Fred Willard that we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, it's not very clear that it is. It's, it's not like, you know, it's, it's clearly live action. There's, there's no mistaking yeah. that this is just Fred Willard on screen. But I, I get the choice of for, for doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of those weird things. The first time I saw it, that I actually, I genuinely thought we were never going to see any humans because they used the live action footage. I thought, oh, because they're showing us live action humans, we're never going to see any humans in the movie. I really thought yeah. that for a good portion of the film. Um, well, so I was you don't for death. like a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's a while. Yeah. Um. So no, as well as I say, it's spoiler free because I, I don't want to talk about the you know once it changes. I think mm-hmm. it does. You know. Uh. So. Yeah, all, all the technical stuff, solid, you know, solid. Fucking I love, I love, um, I love Wally. Like, I just love his character. He's so, he's so easy to love. And like, 
watching him collect all the knickknacks and his his collection that he has and he doesn't really quite know how to how everything works he just knows he likes it for some reason because mm. it's different and special and holds on to it and even if it's trash it's still like something about it um intrigues him in like a childlike way and uh, i just i i think wally is just a, a flawless a flawlessly designed character for mm. a film are you also a fan of uh johnny five no actually <laughs> if you watch that movie it is it does not hold up oh no i i'm pretty sure it doesn't but there is definitely some similarities <laughs> in the design because i remember when i first saw the trailer for this that i went oh i remember something looking like this kind of like you know, just the design yeah. of the robot i don't mean anything else obviously yeah short circuit is not as good as you guys remember <laughs> I, I don't even remember i don't think i ever saw the first one i think i saw the second one growing up um mm -hmm. but yeah i, I don't I'm, like, there's a lot of I reasons. I'm not looking forward to the day where we have to do that one. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why that doesn't hold up, and some of them are actually very real world things, uh, which I do not particularly get excited about talking about. But um, yeah, I, can, can I? Can I? I do want to talk about something that it made me smile, and then I hated it <laughs> a little bit. What? And and that is the the sound that he makes when he's finished charging. Oh, the apple. Yes. The Macintosh? Why would you hate that? Because I, I just. <laughs> well, you know why it's there. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs is one of the original like creators of Pixar. No, I, yeah, I get it. And uh, Eve even looks like she's designed by Apple. She's got like an Apple mm -hmm. sort of sleek look to her. Um, I just, I, I think I just. It's not that it's product placement per se, because it's not. It's just kind of a a joke. It's a nod. Yeah. It's a nod. Yeah. But. Maybe it's just because I hate Max. It may just be that. It may just be a deep-rooted hate resentment of Max and <laughs> Apple operating software, which I absolutely despise, and the yeah. obsession with Apple products, which infuriates me to no end. But anyway. <laughs> well, it's gone down quite a bit in recent yeah. years. I mean, they still uh, Apple fans still have their iPhones that they will never not have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> let them live in their own prison of their choice <laughs> they, they like their closed system but they can have it i just there's a disappointment um when like i, I remember like in uni like we would normally edit on like pcs but then like in like the second year we moved to a different like suite because every every year has their own like sort of room that they have for editing and it switched to max and it was like Oh, even the mouse is so much slower like moving around I, 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 every time i went to use one i'd have to go into the settings and turn the track speed all the way up and even then it still felt like like it was going slow compared to every other mouse i've ever used yeah. it's not made for programmers max i'm not a programmer <laughs> well you know people who are savvy okay <laughs> fair, fair yes uh but this is not for as i mean this podcast is not for me to rant about how much i don't like apple products but uh i think it's cute and i think it's a nod to to just, hey, to just, steve jobs more just, than anything else just you wait until we do uh oblivion which is not a movie that i dislike but there's, no, de neither. there's definitely some aspirations to base their designs on apple as an aesthetic in that movie yeah i'm say. sure that's what everybody was using except for the people who did the special effects <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely PC people. Uh, very possibly. Also, I yeah. just I hate the idea that you have to pay twice as much for something that performs half as well. Yeah, yeah, I think most people would, but some people just are 
swayed by the design, the look, the aesthetic <laughs> of something. They don't want a box. They want, but, quite they frankly, want the candy-colored ones. Quite frankly, they're lucky that I didn't resent Wally because of that noise and rooted against them the entire time. They're lucky. They're lucky that he won me over. Quite wow. frankly. That's a deep-rooted hate. <laughs> what do you think of the other stuff? Like the, seeing the Atari system and all that. Oh, that was cute. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's all it's all sort of things between like 1960 and 1980s. Do you know what? Which is you know, fine. So for some reason, something about products that don't exist anymore or companies that are dead, I don't have a problem with ever referencing. Like, see... See, like in like Blade Runner, for example, 2049, when the Atari logo came up. Like, I, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, that's kind of a, an interesting nod to the original because they had the yeah, Atari it's logo. A product of its time. Yeah. But is it, like, for some reason, it's way more annoying when it's something that's actually in use. Not that I, I don't have a problem with product placement. I should, I should mention that. Just gratuitous product placement. I, it actually bothers me more when something that should have a brand or someone should say something. Like, you know, so, like, that when someone just goes up to, like, a bar and says, can I have yeah. a soda? No, no, no. You would say Coke or something. You wouldn't yeah. say, I want or a soda. they're like drinking a can of something, but you just see the barcode. You can't see what it is. <laughs> yeah. But then alternatively, you get you get movie scenes, and I'm looking at Adam Sandler here, where you'll have like a line of Coke cans all in front of like the, the bottom third of the screen because they're just, oh, they're all, all, every single can on the table is just all facing the front. Or like the um, World War Z when he goes to like brad pitt drinks a, a pepsi like really really slow <laughs> <laughs> just, you know what the zombies chasing me i'm just gonna like take a little <sighs> pepsi break there's always time for pepsi <laughs> <That's good> pepsi <laughs> um but anyway back to the back to the movie but um Yes, and okay, whatever review world was in this, but look forward to the Oblivion and Short Circuits and whatever else we mentioned there that may also be sci-fi. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so many movies to do. So, but yeah, we should probably go into spoilers so we can start working through the uh, the, the film. Um, especially since I don't feel like... It's yeah, really a film where it changes so much after the first 30 minutes that I, I do think you should... I mean, I know we revealed there's some humans, but other than that, I think we should keep it all to spoilers. Uh, no, admittedly. Mm -hmm. It is 12 years old, and if you really care about Wally's spoilers, you probably... But I do love the idea of someone finding this review in 15 years' time. Someone who's not even born yet finds this and goes, Oh, I wonder if this is any good. And they're, they're able to listen to the first 20 minutes of it and say, Hey, they said this was good. I'm going to go watch it. I respect yes, those people. you should watch it. I respect Please those watch people. it. Like, I get that if there's an article about the sixth century, we talk about the ending, but don't put it in the headline. Don't be a dick, right? You're Obviously. never going to let that go. <laughs> all right uh so yes uh, i will take this time to thank our patreon producers uh, at the time of recording so thank you to tyler hess cindy palaces david short board now al tribesman christopher moy brett williams and david brown they are all our patreon producers at the moment that means they're 20 dollars or more on patreon.com slash tv but you don't have to be a patron at that level do you tara why no if you enjoy the show and want to support and get more content out of it please check out our patreon page it's patreon.com slash tv and if you donate as those one dollar per month you will get access to bonus episodes of the ace so if you're looking for your favorite transfers saga film it's there there's also some gems like time cop and free jack judge dread so please check that out and if you donate five dollars per month you will get access to these reviews one day early and some other shows we do one week early depending on the show so thank you 
I can't believe you didn't mention the works of Red Brown when we were promoting the bonus episodes. Oh yeah, your <laughs> yours there now. Yeah, yeah. So you get access to the whole back catalogue of bonus episodes if you sign up for a dollar. Always worth mentioning that because uh, there's like I don't know, fifteen of them now, something like that. Maybe even more than that. Mm-hmm. Whole back catalogue. It's basically like Mail Flies Netflix at this point. We've got a whole streaming service. You can go and access a bunch of content. Um, also. The Emmys are going on today, and I just want to bring up, just spur of the moment thing here, Tim, uh, you know, my uh, Screams After Midnight co-host, here's a tweet from, from Tim about the Emmys. I'm sorry, but the only Emmys I care about are the Emmy Emmys I'm going to put in my belly. Yum yum. End of tweet. I can't believe you felt the need to read that, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure someone will appreciate it. I just wanted to share how stupid it was, that's all. Well... Follow our Twitter handle for more fun things about M and Emmys. <laughs> what was our Twitter handle, Tara? At the Ace Podcast. <laughs> I wanted to see if you would get confused and not forget that it's on the screen because you clearly looked at it. You clearly panicked for a split second and went, "Oh, it's on the screen. I can read it." <laughs> There's no panic. There's there was no panic. panic. In I saw panic in the eyes. There was panic in those eyes. Whatever. <laughs> you were deer in the headlights for about half a second. No spoilers there from this point on for Wally before Tara gets mad at me. Uh, <laughs> much like Eve gets mad at Wally a couple of points uh, during this movie. Uh, I love how it plays with the tag, bro. I love how it plays with, like, obviously you have this thing in the movie where he's immediately, like, as soon as he sees her when she, when she lands, He's like, oh, and he's kind of like scared of her and he's hiding behind things as he's watching her because she's searching for something. She's looking through and she's flying mm-hmm. around. And, but she's and so sleek and like, yes. she she floats and there's no harsh edges around her. She's just mm-hmm. this like, she's like an egg. <laughs> but she's also terrifying because she's incredibly strong and, and she can has blow things weapons. up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could say that she's a uh, curvy. Maybe while he's into the curves. Yes a good man (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just like she's a sleek design also he's been watching these old romance movies from like the 50s yes some old musicals and he he wants to sing and dance yeah uh so uh yeah so dolly i think yeah i think that was the one he was watching uh he he follows her around and he's got like a like a like a cockroach he's befriended who's been kind of hanging around yeah, leave it to Pixar to make the most vile creatures on earth adorable. <laughs> <laughs> That's, not not way, That's not the way to talk about fish. <laughs> Aw, I love I was, fish. That's a Finding Nemo joke. Yeah. yeah. Fish I was search- friends, not food. I was searching for my brain for like another Pixar movie that I could make a joke about some species. I suppose A Bug's Life would have been the one to really go to. <laughs> yeah, those are cute too. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm not a I'm not a roach fan. I would never kill roaches. Is there anyone a cockroach but, fan? Like, is it, like, do those people exist? I don't know. I they're so awful. Maybe a serial killer here or there. I, 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 I don't know if any normal. People. The alien in uh, Men in Black. Oh, he does enjoy the cockroaches. That's true. That's true. So, but no, he he's very nervous and eventually she does see him and she she kind of like evaluates that he's not a threat and just kind of. Leaves him alone, but this leads to a lot of things where he's trying to impress her. You know, he, he does his trash compactor thing and he spits it out and goes, Ta da! <laughs> he's just... so cute. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> can they make him any cuter? He's just <laughs> got these lovable eyes that like 
like sloped downward so he looks so like sweet and friendly and then i love like the you can see the cameras focusing on each pupil mm -hmm. for the lens it's just he's so well designed he's so cute but there's moments later on though where he kind of messes up because he's trying so hard to like be close to her that he pisses her off because he gets in the way of her, her mission and mm -hmm. she's she sort of like goes <laughs> wally and i'm like yeah that's the angry girlfriend right there that <laughs> that's accurate yep um so and you know even the fact that he's trying you know, he's doing it out of nasus and he screws up and it turns into her be mad at him like yeah this is all very relatable wally is a very relatable character uh, yeah he's just I, trying to you know get her to notice him yeah in a sweet way though not in a you know incel kind of <laughs> right yeah way. in a respectful way yes he's trying to you know hold her hand and whatever uh, and she even starts to like, you know, she, she, she chuckles a little bit. She gets to grow and she giggles at him uh, eventually yeah. when he, sh he shows her a bit of the hello dolly, tries to dance. She tries to dance too and almost like breaks the planet in half. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, I like how she starts to like let her guard down and just hang out with Wally and everything that he has collected and is sharing with her. She like does something else with it, like just accidentally makes it into something else. Like the Rubik's Cube he gives her because it's this cute it's this cool cube with all these multicolors on it mm. and then she just solves it or gives it a little light bulb and it lights up when she picks it up or, or yeah tries to dance and destroys his home <laughs> <laughs> no, these are, yeah they're also delightful moments but then you know wally of course before she arrived he found uh like a leaf like a little plant that was growing out of the ground mm -hmm. and when she sees this she basically goes target acquired sucks it into her belly and then shuts down and Wally, of course, is very upset. He's distressed by this, mm -hmm. and he He's tries just starting to... to make progress here. Yeah, so he he tries to keep her like covered from the rain, and you know he, he tries to like you know takes her everywhere with him and keeps her you know dry or covers her when there's like a sandstorm or whatever. You know he's <laughs> always there to like sort of look after her while she's essentially in a coma uh, for, for like it's basically the big sleep, which is also a good movie for anyone who's not seen it. Aww. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but. Eventually, the, the big rocket ship returns that, you know, brought here in the first place. And she, you know, goes off. And there's a lot of stuff in here where Wally, like, she, he'll not be paying attention for a second and she'll go taken away in the background and he'll turn around and go, ah, Eve! And he'll, he'll <laughs> sort of run after it. It happens a lot. In fact, one of the funnier ones as well, I was not even, not even exactly what I was saying, but there's a moment earlier on when she's doing something and he's trying to like, impress her in the background and he ends up uh, being chased by all the shopping carts. And it gets yes. like, slammed against the It's the so door. funny. It's like filmed like a, uh, not hidden camera, but like a found footage style to the way like the camera like zooms in and has mm -hmm. to get into focus and stuff. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, all I can say about that is that, I, yeah, the office was already really successful at that point. Mm -hmm. And the zoom in and refocus for the to add to the comedy was a big thing in that show. I feel like that may have been inspiration. Yeah, I think this is the only time that it does it in the yeah. film, but it's it, it's super noticeable. Yeah. And it does I mean, add to the comedy. Don't get me wrong, it's always intentional. Like, the director has told the camera <laughs> yeah. operator to do that every time I mean, it happens. If it's animated, it has to be. But it's, it's, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, it's especially intentional. It's because they have to like make the choice to like actually animate that. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> it so, just make it funnier. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not like you, you can, they can accidentally do that in a digital world. Like, no, they, ha they yeah, went out of their way. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole first part of this movie is all, like, 
just a visual medium, right? Like mm-hmm. there is some music and some, he, he makes some noises and very, very minimal dialogue exchange. It's mostly just their names that they say. So it, it all is like just watching a silent film, like a Buster Keaton short film. And it, it is very like, uh, he's, he's very, uh, like his body movements, if you could say <laughs> he's basically a cube with eyes, but like, it's very funny. Like just, uh, the way he's animated is adorable and funny and it had to be challenging to get that just right. Yeah. A lot of effort definitely went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course the ship comes back, uh, Wally's able to grab onto it as it's leaving. Uh, but he does, he does tell the cockroach to stay behind because the cockroach can't survive in space, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. And get to Wally... your Twinkie. I like the the little tidbit of the Twinkie and the cockroaches are, are of course, surviving the 700 years that, <laughs> that humans <laughs> have been gone. <laughs> it's kind of a tropey thing, right? But it, yeah. it's it's cute that they included it. Well, I mean, the, the, the cockroach gets blasted by a rocket from Eve and gets run over repeatedly by Wally and is always fine. <laughs> yeah. Very durable. Well, that's, I mean, they're monsters. They can do that. <laughs> every little cockroach is Michael Myers. It cannot be killed. <laughs> All right. So he's out of space. And there's a, this is a wonderful visual sequence where he's going through space. We get him, like, you know, charging up when he goes past the sun, which is a nice moment. Uh, I love him putting his hand in like, the, the, the asteroid belt or the mm-hmm. whatever it is. I, just sort of... I actually get quite emotional during this scene. I, like, I'm just so blown away by the visuals. And the music helps, of course. Like, It's it's just a yeah. very beautiful scene. And he looks back at Earth at one point. Obviously, it's earlier before he gets to the other planets. But <laughs> like, he looks back at Earth and it's like, oh, that's just that. It's just... And it made me think of the, the whole Carl Sagan, you know, the pale blue dot speech and you know all, all that kind of thing. And that which does tie into the a lot of the, the themes of the film mm-hmm. is when they really get going. But even before we get to the you know the back half of the movie, the, the, in the opening, we see evidence of the company of the was it what are they called again? Uh, by and large, yeah, the the company, the, the the conglomerate that basically had a monopoly on the world, and we get the yeah. even just the the visual and the idea that they abandoned the planet but left a bunch of robots to clean up their mess. It's a very human thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everything has the BNL logo on it. So like the yeah. gas stations, the grocery stores, the even the president, which is Fred Willard that we get to see on like mm-hmm. billboards is like he it's just like a, a by and large uh logo behind it. I, I think the presidential seal is like CEO yeah, of I, we I, assume Earth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get the impression that that's basically replaced the presidencies. The president of the company is the president of the planet. Right. It's just <laughs> this monopoly has like so like control over everything that it just runs literally everything, including like Earth politics. It's just the CEO now, which yeah. is kind of funny because we do have not like a, a global president, but we have a businessman. Yeah. Well, even just the idea in, that even just the idea office that, right now the idea that policies and the stuff are influenced by the rich corporations who can influence mm-hmm. those decisions like that is kind of a metaphor for that and you know it's, it's making it literal yes so i do think it's also kind of funny that that disney would allow for this type of allegory or warning um for humanity like this is why monopolies can be dangerous um when Disney itself is buying up every movie studio now. <laughs> Although this is not a Disney movie. This is a Pixar. No, no, it is a Disney it's movie because the, uh, Disney purchased Pixar yep. after this. And I think it re- it's re- Yeah, sorry, before this. <laughs> Just a couple years before this. 
So maybe it's already in pre-production. They bought them in 2006, so... It might have started, like... Yeah, it might have started. It's hard to... T- I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how long it takes them to make a movie from scratch. I think animated films take a little while. Yeah, it may have already been sort of in the, the works, but... I mean, I've never had the impression, at least... Like, I can't think of any examples of Disney, like, enforcing, like, some sort of, you know, corporate mandate. We're not... You know, you're not going to do this or that or that kind of thing. Um, I... I mean, I know there are people out there who think that Disney is an evil corporation. I don't think so yet. <laughs> Maybe I'm just <laughs> buying into the propaganda because all they teach is that evil things are bad. So, <laughs> but it it does. Uh, it I don't know. It is kind of interesting because since then they've acquired major studios, Marvel and 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 uh, Star Wars and Fox, Fox yeah. and you know you That's don't. That's a lot. Yeah, and ABC, um, which is also a news network. There is, I've heard... Well, they, um, all, they always partially owned that, I'm sure. Or at least they, they have for a long time. Right, right. I have heard also that Disney owns one of the, like, one of the newspapers. Um, I'm not sure which one. It, like, in Los Angeles, or at least partially owns it. So that's why you never hear any bad stories coming out of Disneyland, is because the news paper will purchase the the story and then never print it <laughs> which i don't know sounds sounds like it should be illegal, uh, that's, but... yeah that's a bit skeevy <laughs> yeah I, I think there should be rules against that but you know so yes while he's in space and he's 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 on the the side of the ship he ends up inside and he tries to follow the best and there's a lot again a lot of visual hijinks as he's trying to like keep up with with eve as she's unconscious but there's a lot you know robots taking her the little clean bot who kind of like keeps getting annoyed because while he's so dirty and leaving you know tread marks everywhere and all that he becomes a vital uh thing later on in the movie but while he has to try and keep up with her um you know, he interacts with some characters and i, and I do kind of like the idea that he as soon as he inter- interacts with uh, uh cliff from cheers <laughs> to, to, <laughs> just to put it that way john uh, rattenberg he's always in the pixar film yeah he immediately starts to have a positive effect on people yeah uh, where he seems quite friendly once wally's helped him and then later on, you know, there's the, the, the woman who's, like, lets him by, and then they end up, like, holding hands, you know, when, when Wally and Eve are outside in space and being all romantic and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, so just to sort of, like, go into, like, all, what all this stuff is doing is that we find out that this is a, essentially like an arc, you know, where all the human beings left Earth 700 years ago. That's how long it's been since yeah. humans were on Earth. The idea was that... That Earth has become inhabitable because there's too much trash. There's just too much stuff. And so humans have to leave while BNL uses their garbage robots to clean up the Earth to make it habitable again. Yeah. And we find out there's basically a HAL 9000. Uh, <laughs> very intentional. Yes. Very te- attention. Uh, yeah, I think they just called it Auto when he was talking to it, but mm-hmm. very intentionally looking like how the fact that they used the music later on, I, I think was. Uh, there's a lot of 2001 point. Space Odyssey references here, yeah. and I love every single one of them. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> You're only adding points to the score, Wally. <laughs> yeah, but we see that you know, they live in this super com- uh, consumer society. Everything they eat is sold in milkshake form. Yeah. Uh, they're, Everything they're t- is convenience. There is no effort in anything that they do all day. Yeah, no one walks. They're all in these like sort of flying chairs that just got, got taken around. Right. Um, they're always on essentially, and this is what's actually kind of funny is they're always kind of on essentially social media talking to each other. 
uh, instead of looking at anyone because there's like two guys who are in chairs that are right next to you. they could just be turning and talking and have a conversation but right. they're talking to each other almost essentially like a sort of facebook chat now to be fair this is a little ahead of its time because this is actually mm-hmm. right before i mean myspace existed but i mean this wasn't really like we weren't in the, the 2010s yet right we weren't at facebook yeah. and twitter were you know had taken over everything and but it was kind of like predicting that kind of idea and everyone's obsessed with that uh, mm-hmm. the, the adverts come on saying hey everyone's wearing red why not try blue and it, it, it's it, the new red <laughs> it's the new red and they, but they never actually say it but i got the implication in this scene is they had to pay for this so when they press the button in their chair to turn into to change their outfit to blue it's like a microtransaction in a video game it's like hey we're just tuning it and then you can turn into your outfit into blue it's like yeah oh. you're right uh, there's no currency ever in here but i don't know if they need currency since it's just a, a closed system of people sure, sure. yeah just just surviving I don't know, like, I wonder where the babies come from. I don't need a, an explanation here, but like... Sure, no, I get what you're saying. Where babies come from. Like, how, how, because, are they, how are they procreating? Because they're all just lazy flat slobs. Because there are babies in, in here, but you don't see babies with parents. Like, they're being raised by a robot. Is it just like a civic duty where you hit a certain age, you go to a room with another random civilian and... Or maybe it's extracted. Who knows? Or they're know. clones. Oh, maybe they're clones, yeah. Just, you know, just these two you know jolly fat people just get sent to a room and they're told all right you got 15 minutes get the job but they done. can't move right so <laughs> i mean we don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of the science of wally but like <laughs> but it it did come to mind like we well, do see babies you've got robots so. looking after everything maybe the robots you, you, you saw don't breathe right yeah oh <laughs> i don't like where this is going <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a turkey paster for every uh, every every situation. Ooh, that drip. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, uh, I've never looked at Stephen Lang the same way again. Uh, <laughs> so... That's a good movie. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, so we're just this world, and it's super. Like, there's ads everywhere, there's billboards everywhere. Everything's neon lighting. It's uh, you know, why not have lunch today? Get a cheeseburger and a drink. Get a hot dog and a drink. Get this and a Get drink. Get a cupcake now in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a, a shake. <laughs> yeah, um, this idea that just you know, consuming, consuming, consume, but both you know, uh, you know, right. food and also media and also whatever else they're doing all you know all days. Um, mm-hmm. and it's this idea that they've all beca- essentially become zombies because there's that moment where the, the woman who kind of moves back to let Wally pass at one point to get to Eve when she he breaks her chair yeah yeah well the the, the screen like the, the, the what she's looking at gets taken away and then she sees like the, all the billboards and the neon lighting and she's like oh it's almost like she's never even like n- noticed what the world mm-hmm. is like that she's in she's like oh everything's really bright this is weird it's just I didn't know we had a pool <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like the whole foyer, that's that that whole area is just one giant pool. Like people just don't see what's right in front of them, and you can't really blame them. Like they just grew up in a system where this is what this was normal, and people have that. You know, people don't have the ability to look what's right in front of them because uh, there's they've been you know taught their whole life to just see to see something a certain way or to to live a certain way. And there's no responsibilities, you know, so they, they, they are super coddled in every yeah, sense of the world. Yeah, there's a robot for everything. Yeah. 
so you get the impression that they're born and then robots just take care of them and you know there's little chairs that'll well, take them around. We see that too. We yeah. see babies like in their own little baby chairs. Like yeah. so from birth they're they they're taken care of entirely by by robots. Yeah. Um so it's soulless, you know, it's soulless and there's no there's no and it's not that they're evil. Like none of them come across as like bad people necessarily. They're just, you know, kind of no. sad and pathetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess. it's just a life of um being coddled and not having any challenges and, and part of the uplifting idea of it is that eve and wally's like influenced by just being there a short time with their mm -hmm. relationship and romance and their feelings and caring about each other it rubs off on just enough people that everything everything changes that, that's kind of the story of the second half of the film is that Definitely. it inspires everything like i mean we mentioned the 2001 music but like that scene where the captain decides to walk for the it's first epic. time yeah to save Wally because Wally's in trouble and he's going to get crushed by the, the you know the, there's like a device that's meant to like read the plan because a lot a lot of the back mm -hmm. half of the film is them trying to get to the plant which is went missing and then ends up in various places and the the the, the AI the you know the Hal nine thousand is like no we can't go back this is too dangerous the Earth's mm -hmm. you know not safe and the ultimate lesson is the captain like when he looks through the footage from Eve's camera and whatnot is he's like. And then he looks at the... the, the he starts know, the, asking questions. The, the secret tapes of, like, the messages from that he's never seen before about the Earth uh, being screwed. It essentially comes to this idea, because he, he waters the plant and goes, oh, you just need someone to take care of you. And he has the thought, he's like, wait, that that, that goes for That's the exactly Earth That's exactly what we need to do, yeah. yeah. We have to go back and actually nurse it back to health. We have to fix mm -hmm. it. Uh, yeah. We have to take care of it and take responsibility. I think I think it's a really, like, uh, it's, it's a really great moment, but also, like, he gets some... When he first gets the the plant, because the the whole Eve thing, she goes to the captain with uh, the autopilot there, who's Hal Nine Thousand basically. Yeah. And you know he gets the manual of how to of what the next step is, but his whole life as captain has been a routine thing. Like he doesn't do anything. Like he gets mad at the autopilot for not waking him up to do the morning announcements, and he says. This is literally the only thing I get to do all day. Like, this is what I look <laughs> forward to. You guys do everything else. I get to do the morning announcements. So, and he gets his manual. All of a sudden, he has this huge responsibility of, this is it. This is what the whole ship was designed for. We have, an we have a reason now to go back to Earth because life was found there. And you can see the hesitation. Like, do I want to? Like, I don't know how to do this part. And when we find out, like, Eve goes to reveal the plant and it's been taken, it's not there anymore. The the relief that comes over him of, oh, thank God, like, things can go back to normal. Now I don't have to deal with this scenario that came up and just yeah. a faulty robot, whatever. But then he starts to ask questions and he starts to get excited about the idea of returning to Earth. And then we get that wonderful scene with, yeah, with the plant and he just waters it and has that epiphany. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff obviously in between all this where they take them to get cleaned and fixed and Wally inadvertently lets all the defective robots out of their <laughs> cells and causes chaos in the ship. Uh, right. But we have all these great things where they're trying to get the... Because uh, Eve tries to send Wally back to Earth. He gets like a, like a pod, like a, you know, a little shuttle and is like, no, you're going back to Earth, you don't belong here. And Wally's poor little heart's breaking. But they find the plant. And then mm -hmm. the robot that's like sending is trying to get you know dispose of the plant because we, we can't have the plant. That's just shaking too many boats, you know. Uh, well, it turns out the autopilot has a directive yeah. to to not go back to Earth to make but, sure that they stay it, here because it comes across as very sinister. 
and Wally goes there to get the plan, and the, the the shuttle leaves, and we get this is the beautiful scene where he ends up in the the fire extinguisher trying to like get back, and Eve's flying mm-hmm. towards him, and they end up sort of making shapes, and, th- and this is where she sort of I mean quote unquote kisses him and makes a little spark, and mm-hmm. he just starts floating with happiness, uh, <laughs> as as the fire yeah. extinguisher. He's is... so Buster Keaton. I just I love I love Wally so much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So just the little the little tiny movements of the eyes and you're just like I know his I know his emotions so well like just bravo I love it. Mm. Yes. Sorry. But she's uh <laughs> she, she's giggling as well. She's giddy. They're, they're, they're dancing in space and swirling around each other and you know and this leads to a lot of big moments afterwards where there aren't they're in jeopardy where like Hal 9000 essentially tries to kill both of them while he does get damaged enough that one of his like chips is is that you know his boards are destroyed he's run yeah. out of power he's he's basically so weak because he has no power left he needs sunshine and the ships i mean the big ships might go back to earth anyway so everything should align and get him back there but they have to obviously fight to do it because the the computer the ai is trying to like stop them at all costs and we get the great scene where wally's literally in a big giant trash compactor which is very dramatically ironic because of what he does on earth Mm-hmm. And I try to get to him, and everything's sucking out the the you know, the big you know, the doors, the big airlock doors, because they're just letting the trash go out into space. Um, and this is where the uh, the clean bot comes back into it because it, it's it's trying to clean the tread marks going through the door, and Eve's able to grab onto it to hold on uh, to stay into the ship. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, like Eve's basically a superhero because when when the ship tilts and everyone falls out of their chairs. And there's these big metal beams like going towards everyone. She like sort of like gets in the way and like looks mm-hmm. Superman and just stops him and is like, no, I'm going to right. save people. And you know, she is actually very comparable to Superman. <laughs> uh, with, with all of her abilities and what she does for for human for humanity. There's a lot there. I mean, yeah, our first instinct though on Earth at the start of the movie is just to blow everything up that even looks sort of funny. So I mean it's a little bit different, <laughs> but other than that. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But, you know, Wally's, like, trapped and he's getting crushed. So it's very uplifting that the captain, who at this point has met Wally a couple of times and knows that he's good and, like, like cares for him, mm-hmm. decides to do some do the unthinkable and stand up. <laughs> and he's walking towards... <laughs> and, he, you know, he takes out the AI and uh, hits the button... Uh, you know, it's but you know you have like a whole crowd of people plus Eve watching while Eve getting crushed in this mm-hmm. like this device that's closing because the the plant's not on it. Um, and but, the whole ship is watching on camera. The captain stand yeah. up too, and they're all like, "You can do that." <laughs> it's very. We epic. can use our legs. It's very very epic. Um, but the uh, you know, the, but the plant goes in. It speeds them back to Earth, and like you know, Eve takes Wally out and tries to because it's so much of the the movies of about Eve or Wally like, looking after Eve or trying to get to mm-hmm. Eve and making sure that he doesn't lose he just it. Wants he's supposed to hold her hand. Because he's finally not alone and he's scared of losing that. And mm-hmm. when she, she's trying to save him, it's like the tables have flipped and it's really sweet because she really cares and she, you know, charges him up and he's lost his memory at first and he doesn't remember and it's really and it's sad. Crushing. It's very crushing. Because <laughs> she's so like sad. the Rubik's Cube, the light bulb, remember these things? And he just trash compacts them and it breaks your heart. And obviously one of the big things, even though she's kind of like falling for him already the big mm-hmm. moment, of course, is that when the captain plays back her footage of Earth, she actually waits back later and watches some of the footage of when she was like shut down, waiting for the ship to come back, and mm-hmm. she sees Wally looking after her. Uh, yeah, because uh, he's like, getting struck by lightning. And, yeah, because <laughs> he was trying to keep her dry with an umbrella. Multiple times, might add. <laughs> well, Wally doesn't learn very well 
but that's that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. He's got spunk. He's all heart. He's got spunk. Uh, but of course, you know, she she sort of holds his hand. She finally does it sort of really willingly and inter- interlocks the fingers, mm-hmm. uh, as it were. I mean, I say fingers. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the equivalent. And you know, it takes a little moment. The heads go together, and he kind of eventually says Eve, and it's sweet and you know and that's the other thing he runs over the cockroach as well that's just to further show that yeah. he doesn't remember anything <laughs> oh but yeah uh, but you, you, know, you get your happy ending where he's remembered her and the humans are starting to you know like grow pizza plants as the captain puts it <laughs> we can grow pizza <laughs> pizza trees one of my favorite lines yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's cute. You see the, the, the babies waddle out with their, like, shakes full of water and watering the plant that they came back mm-hmm. for. And it's, I like the um, the closing credits, too, how it goes to, like, it's it's like a hist- art history throughout the years. But each, each time, it's like it's redoing it for humanity since we're coming back and starting over again. So history is starting over again. I think that's a really cute, cute way to do the, the credits. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the, the the movie obviously has its messages. It's, it's got its love story at the center, but it does have a lot of social messaging and its its premise and its plot and and, and yeah, and absolutely. What it achieves by the end and you know, it, like it's you know, it's, it's a message that science fiction returns to often. It's not unique to this film by any means. Um, it's also not unique to have robots remain humans of what humanity is supposed to be. Where the mm-hmm. robots are more human than the humans, and then by the end they kind of. You know, it's like it's, it's it's classic science fiction storytelling. So it's yeah, all baked well, in here. I think it's about, um, I think it's I think it's about the directive. Also, all every robot has a directive. Every robot has like a path that they take. Mm-hmm. Like you can see the the path light up on the ground, and the robots follow it. And then we see like the little cleaning robot like willingly have to get off that path in order to do other in order to like follow Wally and clean up everything, and that leads him down like into this enlightenment for him, I guess, you know, where he starts to become on, on Wally's side. So we see all like the, the broken robots, the ones that have gone off the path. And, but because they have, they have this autonomy that none of the other robots do. And they're the ones who save everybody. The humans are also sort of following their path, their track, their directive that they're on. And it well, wasn't I mean... until they got off of that path that I they mean, were that, able to that's save that's literal because they have the same lines their chairs have the same lines yeah. so even the visuals literally the same um mm-hmm. but one, one of the points that i like about all this what you just said there though is that it presents it in a way where the that, that first robot because you know i talked a lot about how like wally and eve's presence with their feelings immediately starts to cause a change in the humans it does with the robots too it's their, their mm-hmm. it's their impact even though it's not necessarily a positive one at first that forces them to sort of remove from his line or intentional or his path <laughs> yeah right but what, what i like about that is that it presents it as it wasn't even that hard like you know all he had to do was kind of hop off of it but mm-hmm. it was like once he something was put in his head that says no i have to do something over there and so i'm going to adjust so that i can do it and yeah and the movie makes it like a big moment for him yeah <laughs> you know where he's really like concentrating like is it safe to get off the path but i want to <laughs> yeah, but ultimately all it is is a little hop just a little hop to the yeah. side and all, there you go now, now you're free. You can roam to your heart's content and <laughs> do whatever you want. And yeah, I, I think the the constant 
like I think yeah, you can almost read into every little choice like that, and in, in the back half especially about mm-hmm. how the society works, how the robots move. I mean, that was a great piece of analysis on the, like them having the literal paths, um, and the idea that like you know it's this green path that has this lanes, and you see the lanes all over the ship for the chairs mm-hmm. for the robots. They all have these designated lanes that they're supposed to be in. Um, yeah, even when like something breaks down, like when uh, when Ratzenberger like his chair breaks down, he falls mm-hmm. off the chair. Like the path just like reroutes so that everyone else can keep going past him, and it even keeps people apart. That, that's because that's one of the things, right? Is that him and the, the the lady who hold hands almost by accident when they're watching Wally and Eve, like their hands go down and they touch. It's like that's the first time they've been close enough to touch. That's why it's not happened because they're always yeah. kept in their separate paths, right? Um, and it's like oh, human contact. Yeah, I don't know what's happening, but something something's happening. <laughs> There's a physical reaction here that I've never felt before. <laughs> Um, you know, like it obviously doesn't go into all that, but you're like, you, you as an adult, you can look at this and go, no, yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It's clearly He's... there, and I, I mean, uh, also the messages about you know waste and consumerism, about mm. being on our own directive of just you know buying, like giving into the consumerism message of oh yeah, blue, I need blue now. Like no, you don't. Like the clothes you have are fine. You don't need to have something just because it's new. Or, and you know, that's what caused all this waste, like, and this is because we're so consumed about ourselves, we, you know, we forget the things that we have to take care of. Like Actually, uh, you obviously go back to your earlier point about, hey, isn't it funny that Disney, you know, you know, had a, had this movie come out that's about this, this monopoly. Mm-hmm. I, I do think the one point in the film that's a really good comparison with that is when you see the, the classroom, the children's classroom, they've been taught the alphabet. Uh, a is for like the name of the ship, but then B is the name of the company. And yeah. I thought, you know, there's something really cynical there about teaching the kids about the thing that's going to rule their lives <laughs> as a as a really important thing when they're at an early age. And then you think about it, well, Disney kind of gets introduced to young kids, like you know. Oh they, yeah, absolutely. What do you show a four year old? You, you put on a Disney movie or a Disney cartoon? Disney and Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, like that, that, that's your indoctrination age. So I mean, there's, there's something there to to explore. Uh, it's had a lot of e things. E is for Elsa. <laughs> a is for Anna. What's this from? Frozen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like I do. All right, I don't feel bad for not getting. I was like, man, I'm going to feel like an idiot when she tells me what this is. And then you said Frozen. I'm like, Anna. I know. I'm okay not knowing that. <laughs> uh, Frozen's a wonderful film. Eh. <laughs> That's my Larry David noise. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and not just because Jeff Garland's in this, all right? Like, I, I, I will make a Larry David reference or, or sound, on the occasion when it's called for. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So no, I, I, I think that the film's full of, of ideas, and it's, it's got a lot to say. Which you know, and I think most Pixar movies do. Most Pixar movies do have a message. I think this one inherently because it is science fiction, because it's all the stuff it's doing with the the world with what the humanity is like in the future mm-hmm. all of that stuff means that i think it's even more layered in terms of its messaging than most pixar and it's not to say that it's better than the other ones that don't have as many layers in its messaging but it does have more layers than say i don't know you know recently i watched coco and coco has a really good heartwarming message about family and what's important and but also giving the kid the freedom to be his own thing and not just you know follow the, the line that you know because you know, the whole plot of that movie is that the family said no no music you're not allowed to be a guitarist and try and go down that path because 
we all hate it because we were all wrong <laughs> by it or one of us was wrong by it and we've all taken an oath to hate it um like but that's got a really sweet message but that's what essentially one kind of good heartwarming message and then you this you have the heartwarming love story part but you also have all this other stuff <laughs> you know all this other science fiction yeah thrown in um so i, I you know it's true science fiction by its nature tends to lend itself to a lot of uh Oh, absolutely. Satire and... <laughs> you have to, or not you, not in every case, but like in this case, if you're talking about the future of humanity, you have to like say, where are we going to be in 700 years? Like, what do humans look like? Yeah, and, and even if, if you we don't... have this world with robots, then what what does that say about us? And even if you don't intentionally, like, you know, try to make a statement with what the world looks like, whatever your instinct is to make the world in itself will actually say something about how you yeah. view humanity, right? Yeah. <laughs> like. You know, so, some writers and directors might say, well, I didn't really want to like, say anything about the future. I just thought I'd have some fun with it. Anyway, I think that's true. Like, I think if you look at, say, Back to the Future Part 2, I don't think when they made Back to the Future Part 2 and they said, oh, this is what 2015 is really like, I don't think they were trying to make any grand statements. No, I mean, but, there was still a consumerism message there. There, there was, yeah. Like, but you can definitely say, look at some specific things and go, yeah, but some messages are just in there anyway because you inherently assume certain things that maybe you weren't mm-hmm. trying to say anything like, super deep about. But you cracking a joke about Jaws 19... It's yeah. saying something <laughs> in a yeah. small way. It's a very small thing. It's not a big deal, but it is there. Yeah, definitely. So, I have all these full of stuff like that um, on, a, on a grand scale. So, no, it's very good. I wanted to come in here and make fun of it to upset Tara because I thought that'd be really amusing. But I cried like movie. five times while watching this movie. <laughs> 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 like, there's nothing you can really say to make me feel bad because I just I got to watch Wally today and it was. A wonderful experience. <laughs> I think I could if I really wanted to be a dick, but I'm not going to because this movie's good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't like Tara being mad at me. There's certain people I like <laughs> pissing off. Tara's not one of them. I know. Con- Connor, I will, <laughs> I will put through hellfire and brimstone. I don't know how he puts up with you. <laughs> Um, uh, Tim's, you know, Tim's uh, a little bit different. Every every, every co-host gets gets the different different side up here. Mm-hmm. How I operate. What about Matt? Uh, yeah, Matt's, Matt's in charge of his of the show that you guys do. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Matt's kind of the 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 brute. He's the big lovable brute who he'll yell things. <laughs> Uh, and get excited when Vikings or bears or uh, axes are mentioned. <laughs> He's a simple man of simple tastes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but hey, no. But that that is Wally. I, I guess we should probably rate the movie. Uh, what are you going to give it? I'm struggling because it is like a wonderful film and i think it is i think it is different for adults to watch it versus children but it is like genuinely a g-rated film that should be seen by kids it's a it's got great messages and if you're an adult i think you'll get a lot more out of it than even the kids would um there are there are parts in the in the middle or later to the middle of the movie where i do think it it dips slightly, but I still have such a fun time watching it. Like, I love all the antics. I love the chase scenes. I love just the little bits of humor, like 
the unfortunately timed photographs that are taken of even mm. and wally together that makes her look so evil and it's uh it's it's fun it's <laughs> Jonah, I think for kids, the the main message for kids is about empathy, right? And and love. Yeah. And you, you want them to learn that lesson. And that's not to say that the adults, a lot of adults, don't need to learn empathy as well, because they definitely I think do. It's, I think it's but it's brave for this movie to come out for children, and it is really a love story without any dialogue in the film. Yeah, I I think the opening like half hour is essentially a work of art because the visuals are so stunning and it's so oh, art. Yeah, it's so it's so artful because of its the way it's made. And I think the dip that you feel a little bit after, because the space stuff is still beautiful, but once he gets to the ship, there is kind of an adjustment period where you're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. just a regular animated movie now. Like, you know, it's like, it doesn't feel as special yeah, a, for a, a little bit. a little bit. I would agree with that. But it doesn't really take away from the movie because everything that happens in it is still really good. No, it wins me back. I, I do... Once, once Eve's awake again and, like, they're bonding and she's seeing how he feels about her and they have their sweet moments, like, it wins me yes. back again. But there is, like, a and sort her, of And period. her, like, abandonment of her directive and, I mean, she does still do the things that she's supposed to do, but her top priority is Wally and taking care of him and making her sure that he survives. And that's... And, and like, the... Like, he has to tell her, no, you need to put the plant in there. She's like, I don't care about the plant, I just care about you. I mean, all this is happening without dialogue because... The movie's amazing, and it, it can do that somehow. Um, it's it's such an emotional ride, and I mean, it has has so much two thousand one space odyssey in it, which is my favorite movie of all time. So, fine, it's a ten. Whoa. I don't know why I'm arguing with myself. Whoa, <laughs> I think it's a perfect film. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm trying to fight. Like, it, it's one of those things. Like, do I want to give another movie a ten? I mean, you're not fighting me. You're fighting yourself. <laughs> but, it, but if I give it a 9.5, like, what am I really deducting it for? Nothing. So it's a 10. Okay. Okay. 10 out of 10. I'm um, I, I think I've nudged up a little bit based on our conversation. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I, you know, we've talked at length about how artful and, and just the imagery in that first, like, half hour and the just how graceful it is because there's no dialogue and it is just a silent love story and then i do think there's a dip but ultimately the messaging the amount of sci-fi commentary that's in there and you know really caring about eve saving wally at the end and all the moments they have that kind of progressively get more touching as as they go so i am going to land on an 8.5 okay I came into this thinking an eight, but I think I've I've bumped up a half point. I'm glad I could uh, contribute to mm-hmm. your positive thinking of this perfect film. Yes, <laughs> yes, perfect film, which you agreed like two minutes ago did dip a bit in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that it's. But I don't think anything that happened was bad. You know. Sure, sure. sure. No, I'm I'm poking <laughs> fun. I, I mean, I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with giving it a 10. I don't think giving something a 10 means it's literally perfect. But you keep using the word perfect, so I'm, I'm prodding at you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... Okay, like, obviously, 2001 is a perfect film. But, like, how do you how do you really grade perfection? Like, it's probably unrateable, the movie. It's like, what do you give the Mona Lisa? <laughs> you know? It's uh... off the charts is what I'm trying to say. There is no scale to which to measure that film but but this movie i think is like for what it was set to do for the audience it was created for 
it is like it really hits all the marks for me okay yeah what else is overrated but okay <laughs> well it's because you didn't study art <laughs> <laughs> that's true i didn't study art so uh it's a fair point uh i don't really have an opinion on it i just wanted to crack that joke because you compare it to the Mona Lisa. Uh, so, oh, can, can I say that? See, when you like say something about like a, an old movie, a classic that you think's a bit overrated, can I be like, well, you didn't study film? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, probably not. <laughs> okay, all right. I see how it is. I see it is. Uh, all, all equal in here, I see. All right. Well, okay. Like, Citizen Kane, I'm sure, is a is like i understand why that movie is so important like mm-hmm. te- technically i never name names but watching the movie <laughs> you're like it's okay. okay but i understand why it's held so high in regard you know what i'm saying yeah i know what you're saying but I'm... but the top movie of all time come I'm on ca- list. I'm, I'm, I'm catching a drift <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna pick it up what you're putting down okay I mean, it's on a, it's on the top of a lot of lists, you know. And like, really, that one? That's not number one for me. I I respect it a lot, and I've only seen it the once. I should really watch it again at some point. But um, yeah, but I do respect it a lot. Um, but hey, that is Wally. If you oh. made it to this point in the review, uh, put the words. I don't have I don't have a tower. Think of one. <laughs> Directive. Directive. Okay. Just, just cold hard word, but we'll go with it. I was I was hoping for some heartwarming that would you know warm the cackles of everyone in the comments. <laughs> so that's fine. We'll go with directive. Uh, <laughs> um. So, although that does mean though we can never use Prime Directive when we ever get to a Star Trek movie. Let's put that Why? out. There. We've just directed already. It's off, to, it's off the table now. Um, um, there are plenty of other words in Star Trek. Yes. Come yes. on. <laughs> All right, I'm going to make Tara do her pose for the thumbnail, so uh, make sure the top of your head's not cut off. There you go. Better slouching. All right, three, two, one, pose. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be cutesy. It's a it's a G-rated film. I'm going to have to be the most cynical bastard in look that I've ever had when I do my <laughs> pose. Same as every day. Got it. How dare you? Second of all, how dare you? All right. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. That is a Wally. Um, obviously catches on the Twitters at the Ace Podcast and we should tell you what's coming next week now admittedly yeah. we never actually discussed which one we were doing first but next week we start recording our 70s month movies so uh, Tara I'm just going to let you pick one of the four that's written in that list oh uh, let me pull it up oh you're not looking at it <laughs> so uh, what are we doing next week next week look forward to the Stepford Wives oh yeah uh, so we're doing another 70s month. It's not like as big as the last one. We're just doing uh, five movies overall. So four weekly. You get one extra one because it's four plus the voted for one. Uh, so there's a vote up at Patreon right now for $5 and up patrons. If it's before the end of September and you're not voted yet and you're a $5 and up patron or you're thinking of becoming one, you got time. Voting ends at the end of the month. Um, and there's some big, big heavy hitters on there. 
uh, in that book. Um, Westworld. Oh yeah. Uh, Logan's Run. Woo. Uh, two other ones <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Salad Running, I think was one of them. But anyway. Oh yeah, big names. Big names, big seventies big names. So big yeah. seventies sci-fi names. So we yeah, so we got five seventies episodes coming at you in October. So look forward to that. We still have another vote winner to do the premium vote from the uh, last month, which was Explorers. Uh, we will do that at some point uh, before the end of October as well. So uh, you know, look forward to that too. Um, but yeah, so that's what's coming up. Uh, you can of course rate the podcast five stars and give us a review on the uh, on the audio formats, the Apple Podcasts or whatever. Uh, please do like and subscribe. Liking is super important and uh, lets us know that you're enjoying the content and you want more of it. It also lets YouTube know that we're worth recommending out to other people so we grow the audience and we can become bigger and badder and still fit in a our monopoly. chairs. A monopoly Hopefully. of movie reviews on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's okay if it's my monopoly. Uh, is money. <laughs> so uh do all that tara would you like to recommend any other male plus tv content before we go well if you enjoy us as a duo reviewing things uh good news (laughs) good news because we have two other shows that we review uh we're reviewing classic twilight zone we are in uh probably end of season two or start of season three by the time this goes out and we are also just starting babylon 5 classic Mm -hmm. sci-fi that i haven't really explored that much so exciting yeah yeah uh, by the time this goes up there'll be two episodes public the gathering in episode one yeah so we just started so follow along with us yeah yeah. whether you're a fan or babylon 5 curious (laughs) yeah first timer yeah (laughs) right so oh cool so all that stuff is good fun um so yeah that's that is that has been the show uh and are we in the 80s now on episode numbers i think we are i think we're in the 80s now Congrats. Uh, which is exciting yeah which i think you know and i've been promising for a long time the episode 100 is going to be 2001 a space odyssey so i think that's going to be like a. that's a big one joe that actually <laughs> might be before the end of the year whoa i'll have to do the math later but i think that actually might be in december <laughs> so we'll uh, have to work our thing around that but hey uh that is us that has been the atomic sim experiment thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction guys and computer at salsa put on your sunday clothes there's lots of world out there